This is episode 287 with one of my favorite Instagram stars, the running community's favorite comedian, the one and only Laura Green. Welcome to the Strength Running Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Jason Fitzgerald, and the goal of this show, strengthrunning.com, and our YouTube channel is to help you better understand the process of improvement. Because when you recognize knowledge as a competitive advantage, you'll be a much better runner. Please connect with me anytime through strengthrunning.com, on Instagram at JasonFitz1, or on the Strength Running YouTube channel. This episode that you're listening to now was an absolute blast to record. Joining me is comedian Laura Green, and we talk about her comedy, making fun of runners, running podcasters, and all things in the running community. In a sport as hard as running, a sense of humor is a must, and Laura helps us see the lighter side of our sport. I was often the team clown on my track and cross-country teams, so I really appreciate how a sense of humor can help us all get through our training. If you enjoy this podcast, support our sponsors who help us keep the lights on. First is Prevenex. I have never partnered with a supplement company until now. Prevenex is, in my view, the best. They only use the most bioavailable, clinically tested ingredients, the optimal form and dose of each ingredient, pharmaceutical-grade manufacturing, testing of raw ingredients and finished products, and for every purchase you make, they donate vitamins to kids in need. It's a supplement company that's voluntarily putting themselves under more scrutiny and holding themselves to higher standards than they have to. One great example that I know runners are going to love is their joint health product. The main ingredient is clinically proven to reduce joint pain, reduce joint stiffness, and improve joint flexibility in just 7 to 10 days. Beyond that, it's also clinically proven in double-blinded, placebo-controlled studies to protect joint cartilage from breaking down during exercise. Get 15% off your order with code JASON15, it's not case-sensitive, at Prevenex.com. That's P-R-E-V-I-N-E-X.com with code JASON15 for 15% off your order. We're also supported by Inside Tracker. Created by experts in aging, genetics, and biometric data, Inside Tracker provides a personalized health analysis from the most relevant source, your own body. Get your blood tested to find the rate at which you're aging, recommendations to optimize your health, and any physiological red flags that might negatively impact your running. Now you can get 20% off their entire store at insidetracker.com slash strengthrunning with code STRENGTHRUNNING. Get yours at insidetracker.com slash strengthrunning and use code STRENGTHRUNNING for 20% off. Okay, my guest today is arguably the most popular comedian in the running space. Laura Green is a former Northeastern University middle distance runner. She's a mom and a wife, and she's an influencer who influences me to laugh more about the sport. You can find her on Instagram at Laura MC Green, and no doubt you'll absolutely love her comedy. In this episode, we talk about why humor is so essential in our sport, where she gets her ideas, how comedy can help with difficult subjects, and her hot takes on Strava, podcasters, and more. Without further delay, please enjoy my conversation with Laura Green. All right. Well, Laura, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to chat with you. And uh, I understand you live in Massachusetts, and that's my home state. Where in Mass are you? 
You know what? You were giving me Mario Frioli vibes, so maybe that's <laughs> is he? I'm pretty sure he's from here too, isn't he? Yeah. Um, I'm from I, well, I'm from New York, but I live in Cambridge. I used to live in Cambridge in Central Square. I did some of my best training out on the Charles like every day back in 2007, 2008. Oh, well, I was out there with you. So our paths have crossed. Um, Yeah, that's I was still at Northeastern. So I was still out there on the river. Um, I lived in Central, too, for actually for a little while. And now I'm over in the west side and like what I call the burbs of Cambridge. I'm like over by Fresh Pond. Oh, yeah. We used to run over there to to do workouts on a local track. Uh, so small world, small world. Yeah. Uh, I also want to say, Laura, I think we're a bit of kindred spirits here in that we're both sociopaths, according to your Strava decoded uh, <laughs> <laughs> YouTube or uh, Instagram reel. And that yeah. I don't really give out too many kudos or add much detail. And I use it just as a training log sort of. Um, so that was very spot on of you. (laughs) I am so bad. I don't give any kudos. Like even my husband doesn't get a kudos for me. I, I actually really don't. So Strava's funny to me because like, so I lived in San Francisco for seven years and I think that was one of the cities that was like one of the first to really get into Strava. Um, we were like testing the app, you know, as they were creating it. And so we loved it. It was such like a, it was a new form of social media for endurance athletes or any athletes. And, um, I don't know, it just kind of like, I've been through, I've been on a journey with Strava (laughs) over the years where I've like had, I have like three different accounts. I have like burner accounts. Um, I use like, I use different things when I'm training for different stuff because I don't want my, even my friends to see it, um, because I'm so competitive and, uh, I just know myself too well. And so right now I actually have it as private. I think I only have like a hundred followers. Um, because again, I get too competitive and I don't look at anyone else's stuff. So like, I'm not giving out kudos because I'm just genuinely not really looking at anyone else's things because I, I fall into the comparison game like everyone else does. So, um, I do love Strava. It's an amazing platform, especially for tracking your, uh, training, but I, I have to set restrictions for myself. (laughs) Well, it's funny. One of the ways that you can combat that competitive spirit of yours is by just labeling everything miles with Jess or (laughs) some other. See, you get it. You just, you can even just make up someone just a, a hypothetical slower person than you. So you can always blame your pace on them. Totally. Totally. I mean, yeah. And like, Back in the days when like we were all kind of um me and my friends were all chasing each other's KOMs and QOMs, whatever, um, in different segments all over San Francisco, like I would go hunting. And so I would go on a run just specifically to track down my friends' um records so that I could try and take them down. And I would do like these hill sprints just to take it down. And um that was very fun. That was a very fun time in my life because just knowing that my friends were getting emails saying that they've been dethroned over and over and over and over again while they're like at work. <laughs> oh, you're a great friend to have. I mean, it's so, it was so fun. Um, but right now it's like, but also back then it was, um, we probably, tra- we probably overtrained and we probably 
we're pushing our easy days a little too hard just because we didn't like the, the average pace. Like I'm like I made fun of people in that in that skit, but like they're all me. It's almost like they're all me at different phases of my life, you know. Um, and now though, now I'm smarter. I'm a smarter runner, and I also understand the importance of like actually going easy on your easy days. And I think that most people do. Um, so that's good. So like, what if people see that like my run today was like really chill it's like okay no that's good <laughs> like it, you should have some chill days in there every week so <laughs> not every run is a race for sure not everyone is a race no yeah and I, I feel like we've been talking a little bit of inside baseball here because I've spent more time than I probably should have this morning watching all of your Instagram reels so I'm a little bit well versed in some of the inside jokes and all that but you are arguably one of the best running comedians that I know of, at least that's on Instagram. Um, and you have such an amazing way of capturing the the essence of what it's like to be a runner in all its weird, sometimes goofy ways. And like your, your videos are a testament to all of that. And, and I'm curious, which one is your most popular video so far? Ooh, in terms, I guess, of like, shares and views um for a while it was the stroller running video making fun of parents who think they're going to be great stroller runners and not um but just recently i like it kind of i don't know it's kind of hard to tell what i guess would be the most popular but most recently i put up a video a couple weeks ago that i literally made in 10 minutes like thought of it went outside, recorded it, edited it and posted it. And it's like has 2 million views now. And it's all the runs that you've regret. Um, and so and I was like, Oh, well, that one was easy. It's like sometimes disappointing when those do so well, because like I didn't even put any thought into that one. And it crushed. And so then the ones that I like script out and like rewrite and have costume changes for like don't do as well. But what can you do? Well, I, I think that's because every runner has had every single one of those runs. And we all hear, oh, you never regret a run. But of course you do. And and I saw that video and I was like, my God, she's hitting on this like unspoken truth among runners that no, actually you do regret some runs and not every run is fun or productive or or not. And and sometimes there's all kinds of embarrassing things that happen on a run that, that make you regret it and wish that it didn't happen. Um, what do you think is, is like the magic secret sauce that gets people to resonate so strongly with some of your videos? Because some of your videos are just, you know, they're, they're getting millions of views. I mean, there's, they're clearly striking a very strong chord in the running community. Do you think it's just because of, of how relatable it is or, or is there something else going on there? I think so. I, I th what I'm trying to kind of aim at, at least as of recently, is um, in at least that's like on my phone, the content that I'm taking in, there's usually like two genres in just run or endurance, tribe, whatever. But um, it's the really inspirational stuff. It's the stuff that's trying to get you out the door to buy the shoes, but also to like, really like there's a lot of coaches out there. There's a lot of influencers who are like trying to motivate and life coach and do all that stuff. 
And then there's this other um, end of the spectrum where it's like almost like influencers that like hate running, but they still do it. And um, and there's humor in that too um, and relatability in that. And I think I'm kind of in the middle. Like I, I'm not trying to inspire. That's not it. But I am like, um, I do also like very much appreciate the sport. I'm like born and bred through the sport. Uh, I've seen, I've been many different types of runners. Like like there, there's like, um, there's the, prof- it's kind of like the other end of the spectrum, right? There's like the professional track athlete. And then there's like the couch to 5k who are just starting out and they're documenting their whole like transition into this runner, which is so fun and relatable for people to watch. Usually people are in one of two camps. Like, you know, who Emma Coburn is, and you know exactly what she's up to and where she's racing this year and like all her stats. Um, or you've never heard of the steeplechase. You don't know, you, you don't even know what that race consists of. And I sit in the middle and <laughs> I, um, I've been, you know, someone who's raced competitively on the track many years ago. And then I've, I don't know, crawled my way out of the depths of postpartum running. <laughs> um, so I, I think that might be like a little bit of a sweet spot that I've hit in that I don't fall into any particular group at the time, um, at this time at least. And I don't know, I'm just kind of like doing what I, what I can relate to, which I guess more people can relate to than I realized, I guess. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you certainly seem like the type, the type of runner who has seen it all because, you know, you ran very competitively. So, you know, that side of the sport, but you're not a pro runner. And you, you know, you weren't a pro runner or like at the top for your entire career. You have kids, you've taken time off from running, you've come back into running after time off. So you've been able to see the ebb and flow of running over the years. And that allows you to talk about what it's like to be out of shape, what it's like to not feel fast. And, you know, pro runners have hit the genetic lottery when it comes to the tools they've been given, they don't know what it's like to be slow. They've never practically never, ever been slow. Even they're slow faster than almost everybody else is fast. So uh, I think you occupy this very coveted place in the running community because you've seen it all, you've experienced it all, and and now you're commenting on it. And and I think that's why it's it's resonating with so many runners. Now you have mentioned the steeplechase. I got to ask you a quick question. Have you done the steeplechase? I have. <laughs> you have. Yes. Poorly. I am also, very, very poorly. <laughs> well, I am a fellow steeple chaser. And whenever I'm around other steeple people, I get very excited. Oh my gosh. My steeple history is so embarrassing. I couldn't tell you a single time. I think I've only run it like two or three times. And it was in college because I, I told this story on a different podcast. I forget which one. But basically, when I was at Northeastern, we switched conferences halfway through. So I think it was a sophomore. And at the time, the CAA just wasn't that stacked in steeple. And so I'm a middle distance runner, but I'm like also a masochist, I suppose, because I'm like, let I'll jump into steeple with like no steeple training. Um, so like talk about like my coach bringing me out to the track like a week before the race and being like, this is a water jump. <laughs> and um New England and for spring track, you're usually breaking the ice like right before the race starts. And so I remember specifically at UConn one time doing steeple and they are just shattering the big pieces of ice so that like 
we can we don't jump on them i mean it just is such a brutal event and then you put it in new england and <laughs> becomes like a brand new brutality but anyways yeah i jumped into it for conferences once um i think i think i scored one point i i need to double check that fact but i think i scored one point and if i ran it the following year i wouldn't have come close like it, it got it got better really fast and i was left in the dust but um I, yeah, I mean, two footed, two footed water jump landings, like it bad, real bad. <laughs> real bad. One of my favorite things in all of track and field is to stand <laughs> near the water pit barrier and just mm. watch the, the human wreckage that, that is the water jump, because there's some people who are really good at it. And, and sometimes those people hurdle the actual barrier before the water pit. I mean, that, that's like the fastest runner in the race. And then you yeah, have some but people. Even so it's not really the best. T- you end up too deep. Oh, I agree. It's more for style and show, and yeah. you're just showing off. But then there's the people who ba- can barely get over the barrier, and it's just it's very challenging. It's um, one of those races that I wish more people did, so they could experience how hard it is. It's like kind of the same thing with the 400 hurdles. It's like that those last couple barriers it's like i'm not sure i can clear this and they're not high but it's like i'm not sure that this is going to work out <laughs> <laughs> it is so so difficult i always thought the barriers were high though cuz i i'm only 5 foot 7 so a 36 inch tall barrier was was not fun for me yeah well for the women it's pretty low i think but so Laura, I want to talk a little bit about like how you get all these ideas for your videos. Now, obviously you're, you're in it. And I, and I think that's your biggest source of inspiration, but are you like scouring Strava for funny video ideas Are like, what's your process for coming up with, you know, all of these topics? I imagine you have like a master Google doc of just amazing ideas that have yet to see the light of day. You know, I wish I was that organized. <laughs> I wish. Um, I have two notebooks here that are full <laughs> of random shit. Um, I don't give enough credit to my friends and like what I would say, like my unpaid co-writers, because people do text me ideas all the time. Um it's usually like a concept that I turn into a different idea or I add a script to. Um, I mentioned it in the caption of the Instagram reel with um, about runs that I've regretted. That was not my idea. That was my friend, Britt. She goes, I, I just, I feel like people need to talk about the things they regret more. And so um, people, and then like strangers send me ideas, which I, I'm grateful for, but I also don't want want to ever like feel like I'm taking someone's idea either. Like that's why I also, I don't consume that much content. Um, I was reading, uh, this caption once from a writer and she talks about how people are always sending her their manuscripts and they're like, what do you, like, I know you're really busy, but like, if you ever have the time, can you give me some notes? And she goes, don't ever send a writer. Don't ever send me a manuscript because I don't want to ever consciously or subconsciously steal someone else's material. And I know in comedy, that's like kind of just what happens because there's no, 
there's nothing unique about what I'm doing. Like it's probably been done before, but I also don't want to be like someone who's like watching other people's videos and then just redoing them. And so in the last year, I've probably consumed way less content. Um, in just, just to kind of like keep my stuff as original as possible. Um, but what I actually do find myself doing sometimes is I follow a lot of accounts that are just not running related at all. Um, uh, but they are comedy and taking whatever concept they've come up with and making it about running, which I, I guess you could argue is stealing, but it's not really. I mean, it's like, um, being like, okay, that's their way of talking about the brain. Let me talk about the runner's brain, you know, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, most of it is, uh, me just going for a run and being like, oh, I should write about that. Or, oh, I should write about that. And then, or, and then like talking to my friends about it. And they usually make it funnier. (laughs) (laughs) My friends are a lot funnier than I am. So, (laughs) well, that resonates with me because I'm often asked, what are my favorite running podcasts? And I'm like, you know, I don't actually listen to a lot of running podcasts. I will listen to certain episodes that really speak to me that I want to listen to. But for the same reason, I don't really want to be influenced by other podcasters style or topic or way of asking questions. I feel like I'm just going to start, it's going to rub off on me and I'm going to be stealing their, their approach to things or their guests and all of that. So it, it certainly makes sense. You sort of have to like keep your creative edge and I think consuming content in other areas, but that's still comedy is hugely, hugely uh, beneficial for you. And, and I do the same thing. I mean, I'm not nearly as funny as you, but I like to make uh, fun running memes and, you know, kind of poking fun at, at some of the coaching runner topics that, that come across my desk as a coach. And, uh, I'm doing the same thing. I mean, there's a lot of great memes out there about other things. And I'm like, Ooh, how could this be made, you know, true for runners? And, and I kind of do it that way. Yeah. Uh, Laura, who do you think what's funnier running podcasters or running YouTubers? Mm, I don't know. Like I'm not on YouTube enough. I mean, I'm on there kind of, (laughs) but it's not a place that I go to, to consume anything. Um, well, I just have to say, I'm asking because one of your favorite skits that you've done is like when running podcasters go on a group run together. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, my friend John Levitt, who hosts the For the Long Run podcast, sent me this reel, and I, I started watching. It, I was like, "Oh no! Like this is th- what is she going to say about me?" So thanks for not including me in there. I'm <laughs> scared of what you might say, but it was like it was everyone. It was like so many people in the running space, and and like their weird mannerisms or things they say or just the things from their life, and or. Uh, what? You know, when John Levitt's just drop name dropping, he's just name dropping out there. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, I'm late. I went on a run with Kate Grace. Yeah. Get out of here, John. (laughs) So it's super funny. But I mean, I think there's also like running YouTubers are also just so interesting and, and ripe to make fun of. So maybe this is my way of saying, you know, just like you don't like ideas, but please steal this idea. Make fun of the YouTubers out there. There's there's gold there. Well, so who would you put on that list? Because like I have a list going for shoe reviewers like Believe in the Run, Kafuzi, um, Drew. And and so like I've been kind of watching their stuff just to get jokes out of it. Um, but who else would you put in the, the YouTuber world? 
Yeah, so there's there's a bunch of people who do running specific stuff, and then I would include some others who uh, it's like running related or running adjacent. So there's definitely um, Seth James Damore. Okay, he has a great YouTube channel. Uh, he he does like it's almost like the Casey Neistat of running. You know, okay. really really interesting videos. He's great with the camera. Um, Nick Bear is the CEO of Bear Performance Nutrition. He's training for a bodybuilding competition right now, but he's right. run a hundred miler. He's like run a two forty eight marathon. So he's, he's no slouch for sure. Um, they're probably the, the top two that I would love okay. to see completely lampooned. <laughs> okay. I'll write them down. <laughs> Laura, is there, is there a topic that you'd like to address in one of your videos, but you haven't yet? I can't say that. I, I, my content is so PG. Um, it's people ask me about like my kids and like, I don't know. I don't know if the question really is like them asking if my kids are embarrassed or like you're worried about being on the internet for when they get older. Um, but my stuff is so PG. It's like, And I choose not to put them in it at all. And so they're not even anywhere around it. Um, They have no concept of what I do. And (laughs) um, but so like when it comes to like topics, like. I I mean, the catcalling one was like probably as as close as I'll get. Well, at least I guess I've gotten to it being something that's like somewhat controversial because people lost their minds over that. Um, Anything that makes people uncomfortable, like you, you just immediately see the comments blow up. It's just so interesting. It's it's all one big social experiment. That's all I that's all I say when I look at it. I'm like, you guys are proving everyone else right with your ridiculous comments. Um, but yeah, I like I really haven't I haven't I haven't like come into any topics that make me uncomfortable. Um, I don't know. Is there anything that I should do? <laughs> Ooh, that's a good question. You're putting me on the spot. Um, yeah. You can let me let, know. Let me come back to that. Let yeah. me come back to that because <laughs> I wanted to ask you about the catcalling video. And, and mm-hmm. this was sort of leading into that. You know, you've you've published two videos on sort of that topic. And there was a serious one and there was a, a funny one. Um, you know, the serious one was like your inner monologue as you were running by yourself as a woman when it was dark out. And that was was almost an unsettling view as a man into the thought process and, and the, the things that women have to deal with when you're out there running alone, especially when it's dark, or you don't know where you are, you know, you're in a sketchy neighborhood, all those things. Um, and then you did a funny one where you were running around catcalling men, like construction workers on the side of the road. And I also thought it was really funny that you had to do like a follow-up video, like addressing some of the... <laughs> weird questions and concerns people had like you're like okay look some of it was voiceover i was with someone so i wasn't by myself but you really did a great job of of calling attention to one issue in two completely different ways is is comedy a more effective tool to talk about some of these more challenging issues or or issues that you know might make men feel uncomfortable. Obviously women experience this every time they go running practically, but you know, this is not something that I fully understand or ever will is comedy like the great equalizer that will 
help more people understand these, you know, tough issues? I I mean, I like to think that way because that's how my brain works. Um, I don't know if you've watched any of Amy Schumer's newest stuff, but she has, she just put out a series of, um, I mean, they were proper shows, but then she put out her own clips on her own social media and that each one like addressed something different. That is a major issue, whether it be women's reproductive health or, um, traffic stops and racial profiling and completely with brilliant writing made it absolutely hilarious, but it's all, it's hilarious because it's so fucked up type feeling, you know, it's like, I can't believe I'm laughing at this, but it's also like such a brilliant spin on it to give people like a new perspective. Um, I look at the two videos that I made, the serious one, and then like the cat calling which one was supposed to be a total joke. I wasn't trying to make a huge statement with it. Um, But what I found really interesting was kind of the comment section. So I typically don't read comments after like the first 12 hours because what happens I find is the first day you put it up, the people commenting are people who follow you, who you interact with often. Um, And then when the algorithm takes it on its wave into the universe, the people who are seeing it are not your people anymore. These are just people it's been promoted to. And most of the time it's fine and it's supportive, but that's oftentimes when the people come in who are like, this is shit. (laughs) So I actually just choose not to read the comments at all. Like I just kind of like, okay, it's off on its wave and whatever it does, it does. Um, you look at the comment section between those two, though, and the women's safety video, the one that's like, it basically goes inside the mind of at least me and my friends. And when I say friends, I mean everyone on the internet, because I put out an Instagram story saying, what do you guys think about when you run? Those were all examples from other people. Most of them I've thought of, but I made sure that it was like as inclusive as possible to the people commenting. It's almost all women that commented on that video saying, oh my God, you're inside my head. You go over to the cat calling one. You got a lot of men immediately becoming defensive of the fact that I'm cat calling men and saying, not all men are like this. And then there's some women like, I don't know, defending their husbands. I mean, your husband's not in the film. What are you talking about? They're like, my husband's a good guy. I'm like, your mom, your husband was probably like home asleep. Like it's fine. He's not like, what are you talking about? Um, and so it's as much as I would like to be like, yeah, this is like a great way to like show men. Like this is exactly what we feel when we're running. I don't know how effective it was because People are just defensive in general. Um, The serious one, I don't think you could get as defensive of. It was more kind of unsettling, I think, for men to watch, especially white men who move freely in this world. And so, yeah, um, I mean, it was like it was interesting even showing that to my husband um, and having him kind of sit back and be like, oh, like, and that's as close as it gets is my husband to me. And he still didn't know that that's what kind of went through my head with every run. So, yeah, that's, that's, there's something really powerful about that too, right? He's, he's someone you're super close with. Um, and even he doesn't really understand what you are thinking about when you're out there on a run. Right. 
And so then like a lot of the people who responded to the catcalling video, getting defensive, the people, the men, like these like fragile men, I didn't really feel like engaging with. I just kind of let them roll. But the women who were defending their kind husbands, I engaged with because I was like, what are we doing as women? I go, I, and I kind of just had this conversation over and over again where I was like, listen, you're upset because I put a voiceover uh, off of someone who's like casually walking to work. And like, no, they did not. I did not yell at them. And no, they did not yell at me. So I guess they don't, quote, deserve this. But I bet you, and my husband's included in this, and like the men that I love dearly are included in this. I bet you they have, at what point in their life, witnessed a woman being catcalled. And I I will confirm that as a man. Right. So what, what did you do? Like, and it's like, I'm not asking men to like step in and be like, incite violence. <laughs> be like, I'm here to defend you. But 99.9% of the time I've been in crowded places while I'm being catcalled or being yelled at or heckled or whatever it is beeped at. And I'm not alone which is also unsafe for its own reasons, but I am surrounded by people, but people who don't do anything. So like you're watching someone be, you, I mean, you could go as far as saying sexually harassed and you're just watching it. And then you let them keep running. Like I was saying to her, like these women, like do your husbands check in with the, with the women and say, are you okay? Like, I'm not, I'm not here to like save the day or I'm not here to like, make you feel more uncomfortable, but just a simple, like, are you okay? Do you feel safe? Do you want, like, what can I do to help you? It's so simple. And, um, it's kind of creating like this conversation about what it means to be an ally. Um, and in this case, it's just an ally to women, but, um, yeah, it like, I'm not no expert in like runner safety or anything like that. And it's funny that these two videos have kind of like that's like good morning. America is like always calling for me to be on, to be like the good women's safety expert. I'm like, can't you get someone else? Like, I'm just trying to tell jokes. Um, <laughs> but it is, I'm happy to talk about it with whoever, because it's, these are conversations that need to be had. And I think also raising two boys, I need to think about it even deeper because I'm like, how do I raise them to be what I need? I wish I had out there. So. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's almost maybe more effective that you're not a woman's safety expert. You're you're a runner. You're you're just someone who's living it, experiencing it, and and talking about it. And you're talking about it in a way that's resonating with millions of other people because they're clearly responding to your videos, not always positively, but yeah. <laughs> at least you're starting some kind of conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I- I've always wondered too if the lack of, you know, the people around you saying anything, I feel like that's systemic within the running culture, even more broadly about any kind of like honking or just getting heckled. Um, you know, I have, I have never, well, I shouldn't say that I, a couple times I've had like sexually inappropriate things yelled at me. I really like short shorts. So, you know, I kind of opened myself up to that a little bit. But I mean, that's like saying that women who run in their sports bras are asking for it. It's like, yeah, never see, maybe I shouldn't say that. Yeah, I shouldn't yeah, say that. Never appropriate. And I have I have much more experienced like guys 
yelling like potentially violent things or just really derogatory things. And, and it's happened while I was alone. It's happened, happened in group runs with a bunch of other guys. Uh, and nobody ever says anything. It's just more like, okay, let's get out of that person's way so they don't run us over. And I just wonder if runners are, are maybe a little passive when it comes to that, or we've just experienced it so often that, that we just take it. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause I have been experiencing it since I was running in high school, people beeping at you, people playing chicken with you on the road when you're out there running. I, I got a two by four thrown at me in Washington DC once that was a little scary. Yeah. My pace quickened a bit. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I just wonder if it's like a case of runners just needing to stick up for themselves more or if there's something else going on. Right. I, I don't have the answer for you, but I totally agree. It's kind of, I mean, it, it feels a lot like um, how inundated we get with news and like terrible news these days and how we've become desensitized to it. And I feel that way about, about cat calling. Um, for the most part, I've lived in cities since I went, left for college and it's just more common, I guess, um, in frequency. Um, but yeah. I wish I had an answer. (laughs) Are you saying we're not going to solve this problem today? I don't think so, but we can keep trying. (laughs) (laughs) I got my notebooks out. so uh. I know. Well, speaking of your notebooks, (laughs) can you give us a little bit of a sneak peek without giving away the farm here on some future video ideas that we might be looking forward to? Oh goodness. Just give, give, give us listeners a little bit. Okay. To be honest, I usually come up with the concept, write it, film it, post it within 48 hours. So like, I don't even know what's coming. <laughs> um, I made one today that will likely go up on Thursday. So probably before this podcast is out. And, um, that one is about destination marathons and how people like to travel, to go, to go run a race. Um, a little, it's like a little bit about that. It's really more about how obnoxious people are when they travel. Um, and yeah, I mean, my, I have like goals. I have pitches that I'm making to brands right now. Um, one thing I want to do more of, I did one video with Sarah Vaughn, the professional marathoner. So it's like still kind of crazy to me that she's a professional marathoner. Like she's like, in my head, she's like a 1500 runner, but, um, we did a, a video together and it was so fun. Like just collaborating with a pro like that and um, the response to it. And so I would love to do more videos with professional runners and just like have them have a good laugh at themselves. Um, So like that's something that I would love to do more of. But in terms of like what's common, I have no idea. (laughs) I have no idea. Let me know. (laughs) Well, it's funny because, you know, I get people asking me, especially brands too, like, you know, we'd like to sponsor your podcast. What vi- what topics are you going to be publishing in the month of March? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, how many episodes do you think I have in the bank at this point? Like, it's a, <laughs> yeah. this is, this takes a while. It does. It does. Yeah. Well, I'm really excited for the future of your comedy because I feel like it's just taking off now and you are hitting your stride. And if you can lampoon more famous or somewhat famous people, that I think is just my kind of comedy. I mean, I'm a roast <laughs> kind of guy, so I, I just love that stuff. Right. Um, and then, yeah, the collab work seems like there's a lot of potential there. 
to to almost do that on a one-off basis, like make right. fun of a pro runner. Right. And I think that like um these poor like I feel for them because their job is to run fast. And now in the last 10 years, especially in the last like three, four years, their job is also to be social media stars. And that doesn't come naturally to most of them because that's not what they've been expert at their whole life. And so I'm here to help. I, <laughs> I'm i here to help you create content for your social media channel um, to fulfill your brand contracts and um, yeah, and just like have a good time with it. I also am just hoping to do more in-person stuff. I, I love making videos, but um, I can already see myself getting a little bit worn down by it. And so I'm trying to maintain like, you know, pace myself a little bit. And so, but yeah, so I'm going to the Napa marathon in a month. Um, I'm going to run in the half there, but I asked them, like I was asked to be on a panel, which I'm happy to do, excited about. But then I, I go, do you think I could do some stand up at the beginning? So I'm trying to like, and they're like all down for it. And so I'm like, okay, so like this will be a really good test to see if this is something that could work in the run space. Um, is there room for a little stand up comedy um, prior to people running a really long distance. Um, so we'll see, we'll see if that's something that we can keep doing and at bigger races. And I don't know. Well, you know, Laura, I am such a huge fan of comedy that I like watch comedians talk about the art form of comedy. Like I love, I love stand up comedy that much. And I also recognize that running is really hard and we've got to make light of it. Sometimes I think it's so important to, race with a smile on your face to have fun with it to joke around to be self-deprecating i mean i was always sort of like the the team clown and that was my way of dealing with and coping with hard workouts and races and and all of the stress that comes with running and so i think comedy and running are a match made in heaven you've got to pair something difficult and sometimes let's face it a little bit boring with something really funny and uh, an ability to make fun of yourself and that makes it worthwhile. That makes it much more sustainable in the long run, too. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking with someone recently who's um, a keynote speaker and just kind of like brainstorming with him about, um, I guess, future career ideas. And um, he goes, what I do is he does a lot of corporate keynote. And he's like, I ask the company, what is the biggest anxiety for your employees? And what are the biggest stresses in their life right now? And then that's exactly where I head with my jokes. And I mean, think about the night before a race. Everyone's so anxious. <laughs> I mean, like, just that's just so easy. That's like a layup. You know, you walk into a room, everyone is wound up so tight. Like they want to be at this panel, but they also know they should probably be in bed. And, you know, it's like, I need to go get my pasta meal. <laughs> there was just so much there and so needed to, for people to have like a good hearty laugh before they like wind down for the night. Because even if you're going to get last place and you're not vying for the win, it's, it's a huge undertaking to get on the starting line. And even if like you're the most laid back person in the world, there's a little bit of nerves there. And so I don't know, I just would love to ease ease people's minds a little bit. 
And of course, my my coach's brain is turning on now. And I'm like, all that laughter is going to reduce cortisol. And then you probably will sleep better that night. And you're going to average one second a mile faster in that marathon because Laura told you a great joke the night before. That's all we need. That's all we need. <laughs> <laughs> well, Laura, tell us where we can follow along with your adventures, your comedy, and all the things you're putting out in the world, because I think it is so incredible and needed right now. Thanks. Yeah, I am I post mostly on Instagram. I'm Laura McGreen um, on Instagram, Twitter, uh, not Twitter, um, TikTok, and YouTube. I pretty much all this stuff is the same across the board. TikTok's like, not very successful. I need to get better at it. Um, and I do hope to put some more long form content on YouTube. Um, I just haven't like figured out exactly what I want it to be. Uh, I, I would love to kind of take a step outside of run a little bit. Um, but I also am not someone that's going to step into like my personal life too much. So I, I, I'm like very, I have some really hard boundaries for like what I'm willing to share on the internet and like who is going to be there with me when I put it on the internet. Um, so yeah, for now it will definitely all be run, but, um, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. Well, I'm super excited for you. I can't wait to see what the next couple of years look like for you. And I, I selfishly want you to come to the Denver Boulder area because there's so many people. Boulder, Boulder. Is that what it's called? Well, John Levitt and I are running a 5K time trial in a couple of weeks so that we get a qualifying time for Boulder Boulder. <laughs> and we all could be doing it. Oh, man. I think that that race is like set up for me. <laughs> it's like my, it's like <laughs> my speed that? of race. I don't know. It just seems so much fun. Like so much fun. Like, And I love when a city kind of shuts down. It, I know it's Boulder's small city, but it's like, I don't know. It kind of reminds me a little bit of... um about beta breakers and SF. And it's just like, it's half party, half intense. <laughs> That's what you need in running, right? Right. That's the mixture that we need. Yes. All right, Laura. Well, this was so fun to chat with you about all you're doing. And uh, I selfishly want you to continue doing what you're doing because it's providing me so much levity in my life. So thanks for all you do. <laughs> thanks for having me. That's our show today, my friends. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to pay it forward, please rate and review the show, share it with your running friends or club, or you can invest in a training program at strengthrunning.com. You can also support our sponsors who help me keep the lights on. Use their links and discount codes to support the Strength Running Podcast. First, I know I've talked about my resistance in the past to supplements and how excited I was to actually find a supplement company that I really trusted. Prevenex is that company. What really sold me on their products were two things. Number one, I took the products consistently for over a month. And in fact, I'm still taking them today. We're about two and a half months into this whole experiment. And even though I was skeptical at first that I wasn't really going to feel anything, I actually did. I genuinely felt better and I had more energy throughout the day. But even more than that, I've also seen all these testimonials and feedback from so many other athletes on the health and performance benefits that they've experienced to help their, their running from more energy and endurance while running to faster recovery post-run. I'm a big fan of the multivitamin, which is going to fill any nutrient gaps that I might have, and it gives me broad-based antioxidant support to push harder and recover quicker. But one product I want to highlight today 
is a product that many runners consider to be the joint supplement for runners. Joint Health Plus. And you can read all the reviews for yourself on Prevenex.com. But to summarize, runners are seeing meaningful reductions in both joint pain and faster joint recovery from workout to workout. So why is this so great for runners specifically, beyond the benefits that we just talked about? Well, the main active ingredient is clinically proven to reduce joint pain, reduce joint stiffness, and improve joint flexibility in just 7 to 10 days. Yep, that's right, just 7 to 10 days, which is almost unheard of. And beyond that, it's also clinically proven, not just tested, but actually proven in double-blinded, placebo-controlled studies to protect joint cartilage from breaking down during exercise. So if joint longevity, performance, and everyday health matter to you, check out Joint Health Plus to experience the benefits yourself. You can also check out their multivitamin or my other favorite, their immune support. Visit Prevenex.com, that's P-R-E-V-I-N-E-X.com, and use code JASON15 to save 15% on your first purchase. And best of all, Prevenex has a 100% money-back guarantee, so if you're not feeling those benefits, you can just return the product, no questions asked. That's JASON15 for 15% off at Prevenex.com. We're also sponsored by Inside Tracker company that's been around for more than a decade to help you optimize your health, longevity, and performance. Learn more at insidetracker.com slash strengthrunning and use code strengthrunning to save 20% on their entire store. To live your healthiest, longest life possible, you need to understand what's going on inside your body. People age at different speeds, and the generic annual blood work you typically get at your doctor doesn't properly evaluate your biological age but Inside Tracker does. Inside Tracker is a truly personalized nutrition and performance system designed to extend your health span and slow down the aging process. Created by leading scientists in aging genetics and biometrics, Inside Tracker analyzes a lot of things, your blood, your DNA, and fitness tracking data to identify where you're optimized and where you're not. And you're gonna get a daily action plan with personalized guidance on the right exercise, nutrition, and supplementation for your body based on your results. You can also add inner age 2.0 to any plan, and that will help calculate your true biological age to see how you're aging from the inside out. For a limited time, get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com forward slash strengthrunning. That's insidetracker.com slash strengthrunning. All right, that's our show today, runners. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing and sharing this show with your friends. You can support us by using our sponsor links, reviewing the podcast, or getting a training program for yourself at strengthrunning.com slash coaching. And I'm always here to help, so don't ever hesitate to reach out to me through the Strength Running site, or you can message me on Twitter or Instagram. My handle is Jason Fitz one We'll talk soon. 